0: Today is Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, and welcome to episode 251 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. And lucky you, we are back to our regular programming schedule. I'm Jessica Jones, NSI's Deputy Executive Director, and today I'm joined by the human I argue most in the world, Jamil Jaffer, my boss and NSI Executive Director, and our other amazing host, NSI Senior Fellow, Morgan Vina. Today, we are talking about the news story that you certainly would have heard of if you have the notifications on your phone set to on. On Monday, speaking to the House of Commons, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that, quote, agents of the government of India had carried out uh, the assassination of a Sikh community leader and Canadian citizen, Ardeep Singh Nijjar, in British Columbia in June. Uh, Nijjar was known for his advocacy for the creation of an independent Sikh nation. uh, That would include parts of India's Punjab state. And India had declared him a wanted terrorist. Trudeau said that um, the assassination and any such killing would constitute a, quote, unacceptable violation of our sovereignty. Uh, India, of course, rejected the allegations, calling them absurd and politically motivated, saying that Canada had long provided shelter to terrorists and extremists um, that threatened their security. And uh, there's been a tit, of a tit for tat with Canada expelling a diplomat, described as the head of India's intelligence uh, agency in Canada, and then India coming back and expelling a, se- a senior Canadian diplomat based in India. Uh, earlier this month, Canada suspended negotiations on a trade deal with India that was scheduled to have concluded this year, and now we know it's most likely because of this assassination... And during uh, the G20 earlier this month, Modi excluded Trudeau from the list of leaders with whom he held formal bilateral meetings. So this story, of course, is developing amidst the backdrop of the U.S., EU and China kind of all courting India, um, though each party has its own set of challenges with the country. Uh, India continuing to buy Russian oil, refusing to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. China, no showing at the G20 and its kind of longstanding historic border disputes with India. So, Jamil, you recently, I hate giving you props to this, wrote an op ed on the US India relationship. So, I'm going to turn to you first. Like, what do you make of this?
1: Well, obviously, nothing good for the US India relationship if the Indians really were trying to kill a Canadian citizen uh, in one of our closest allies and our neighbors to the north, essentially uh, the 51st state. Um, Look, it's a real problem. I mean, you cannot go into another country and try to kill one of their citizens. Even if you suspect they're a terrorist, of course, during the war on terror, we may or may not have done that over and over again. Uh, but the, but the reality is, this is a Western nation. There are there are operating law enforcement agencies. The Indians have a strong bilateral relationship with the Canadians. They're, if they wanted law enforcement action taken against Hardeep Singh Nijjar, they could have done it. Um, the Canadians may not have abided by it, which is why this is there's probably an issue. But you can't just go murdering. Foreign citizens in their in their in the country their nationality, particularly not somebody you want to be an ally. Now the Indians have always played uh, this game of um, of being um, being non aligned or multi aligned, um, but you know going and killing a a, a Canadian citizen in Canada not a good plan. Uh, we reject it here in the United States, um, and and it, you know we shouldn't accept it there in Canada as well. At the same time, we need a, we need the Indians on side. When it comes to uh, our larger conflict with China, Canadians need them as well. They're part of the Five Eyes. So, you know, an important challenge. We'll see how it gets solved, Um, but uh, not a good situation right now.
2: Yeah, Morgan, do you see this also as just kind of a lose-lose on all fronts? Yeah, no, I think there are two things here. You know, the first is that if Justin Trudeau's allegations are correct and the uh, in the, in, excuse me, the Indian government is responsible for the assassination of Mr. Nijar. And that's a blatant violation of Canadian sovereignty. The United States can relate to this. You know, the IRGC has attempted assassinations on American soil, including against author and activist Masey Alinejad, uh, most recently in Brooklyn. And so I think this is something that the United States, uh, has experienced before. At the same time, though, President Biden is pursuing a very aggressive agenda in partnership with India to combat, well, excuse me, to to engage in strategic competition with China. So, you know, we saw President Biden be hosted by Modi at the G20 in India. And then this summer, President Biden hosted Uh, Modi for a state dinner in Washington. And so clearly, this is a relationship that is really trying to be ramped up in earnest. So, I mean, bottom line, if I'm President Biden, I'm just going to tell Justin Trudeau, you know, it sounds like a you problem. I was going to say, so it's interesting, you know, you read the stories and
0: there's very little mention of the U.S. in any of these stories, right? It's, you know, the Canadian government approached the U.S. weeks ago asking for a public com- combination. Hasn't really happened. You know, we heard a few comments of, you know, deeply concerning. Um, you do have a State Department official saying that um, India should, you know, help with investigations. But that's really it. So, like... Jamil, do you agree with Morgan? We're not going to probably hear much more from, from the White House.
1: Yeah, look, I think the the relationship with, with Prime Minister Modi and in particular the strategic relationship trying to get China, uh, trying to get India on side in the larger fight against China is much more important uh, to the Biden administration um, and to, frankly, any American administration uh, than the situation ongoing in Canada. That being said... You know, I think the Indians assess that's the case, which is why they they felt like they could get away with this. Right. And Mm -hmm. they thought they could uh, escape by. They thought they wouldn't be discovered. That that was a fail. Now that they've been caught, if, in fact, this is what happened to Morgan's right to to sound a note of caution. You know, we don't know uh, the full facts. We know the allegation being made by the Canadians. We don't know what actually happened. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Biden administration has bigger fish to fry in the Indo-Pacific. That's China. That's that critical relationship in the Quad, India, uh, you know, Japan, Australia and the United States. That relationship matters a lot more than any beef that they might have with Canada, including uh, the potential murder of a Canadian citizen in Canada. Morgan. Uh,
2: Morgan, what are your thoughts? So, look, I mean, I think President Biden does is very aware of the fact that the United States has a very... Large Indian American population. There are about 4.4 uh, Indians in the United States. They represent a significant portion of the foreign-born population. And so we've seen before, particularly with the Modi visit this summer, that there were mass protests against Modi, given uh, the, the human rights concerns uh, taking place in, in India and Modi's own background. Um, at this point, though, I mean, the Biden administration has demonstrated that they're willing to they're willing to take that criticism and move forward anyway.
1: You know. It is- Really interesting, Morgan. To your point, I mean, the Biden administration was hotly critical of the Saudi Arabian government uh, for what they did with respect to Jamal Khashoggi. Um, it, it caused all sorts of tension in our relationship for a long time, including uh, during the time we needed oil from uh, the Saudis um, as oil prices were skyrocketing with the inflation bubble just a, just a year ago. Um, and you know, and yet the Biden administration has uh, you know discarded concerns about human rights when it comes to uh, Prime Minister Modi because of the key importance of the strategic relationship that we have um, with India in the region. And by the way, with this new potential Middle East peace deal that we're hearing rumors about, uh, with the U.S. providing a defense uh, agreement or mutual defense pact with Saudi Arabia in exchange for recognition of Israel, I mean it may be the Biden administration once again looking past their ele- their prior human rights concerns uh, to get to a deal. We'll see what happens, but I mean you know I don't think congressional Democrats are going to be in love uh, with uh, their embrace of 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 Modi in India, uh, you know, and uh, and and uh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia. So this will be this is an ongoing conversation inside the Democratic Party when it comes to the Biden administration. I think they are internally torn as well.
0: I was going to say not only have we not the White House. We haven't heard anything from congressional lawmakers actually yet. So we'll see, especially if Trudeau does come up uh, with evidence and information, not just allegations as to the killing.
1: One other key point uh, that Morgan made about the 4.4 million uh, Indian Americans. I mean, this is a voting population, right? Mm -hmm. It's one that Republicans and Democrats are going after aggressively in this 2024 election, right? So, you know, keeping Indian Americans on side, right, is also a key part of this. And to Morgan's point, a lot of those Indian Americans were excited about Modi coming. A lot of them were concerned uh, because a lot of those Indian Americans here in the are Muslims. So, you know, it's a it's an ongoing play, not just abroad, but for American politics at home as well. That's a
0: wrap. Thanks to Tatum Clifton and Claude Jennings for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday, September 22nd for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. Uh, We're now up on YouTube, so check out our faces there. Um, If you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review and subscribe.